0: I'll tell you, these guys never miss a beat in the booth here when they're uh, picking the music that we're going to use coming into a segment. Uh, A little reflection on a Christmas vacation. Maybe that gives you a hint about what we're going to talk about. Lots going on in federal politics these days. We've got an ongoing inquiry into foreign election interference. Of course, the friend clause playing a role in Prime Minister Trudeau's $84,000 Christmas vacation. $100,000 bonus in the midst of the CBC layoffs. So whenever we're going to talk about this number of federal political topics, our next guest is a must-have. Tom Korski, managing editor of Blacklock's Reporter, joins us now to break down the latest goings-on in Ottawa. Tom, thanks so much for taking our call. Oh, it's my pleasure, Evan. You have a fan base, by the way. When when I can tease that Tom Korski's coming on the show, people are texting that they can't wait to hear what you've got to say. <laughs> uh,
1: only immediate relative, surely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever it is, thank you know, thank your brother for texting in. So let's start with Catherine Tate, president and CEO of CBC, was before the Commons Heritage Committee on Wednesday over the issue of executive bonuses. In a time of job cuts, actually, at CBC, CBC's given out bonuses in the past. They're considering giving them out, despite the fact fact they're eliminating a a bunch of jobs. Does a performance bonus, Tom, for high-paid CBC execs feel like blood money in this case?
1: Uh, A truly disastrous performance by President Tate, Evan. This is a woman who makes twice what an MP makes. She is paid twice the the salary earned by legislators who were questioning her justified her own bonus worth a hundred thousand dollars a year on top of her half million dollar a year pay and if that wasn't enough she said she's tired of the criticism i quote accurately where she told the commons heritage committee it's extremely difficult quote unquote to not have the love and the support for the work that we do. So this is the neediest friend you ever had. You can give them a half million plus a $100,000 bonus, plus you got to stroke them and get, tell them what a great job you're doing. It, it's, it's often been quipped that President Tate is like a secret weapon for everyone who always wanted to privatize the CBD. <laughs> she is the poster
0: boy for that. Well, so on that topic, Tom, in the the past, Pierre Polyev has made comments about defunding the CBC. If he becomes prime minister, do you think that's a reality?
1: Caucus members say it is. Hmm. This was Aaron O'Toole's, my opinion, my two cents, Aaron O'Toole's great legacy in his short tenure as conservative leader. He put that on the table and it has remained on the table and will always be there. 20, 30 years ago, that was crazy talk. That was fringe talk. You used to hear that in the back corners of Reform Party conventions. We have to privatize the CBC. Or Aaron O'Toole made that a platform in his campaign in 2021, and it has remained there. And I am told by caucus members, they are not speaking out of turn. They say this is no joke. It is absolutely a commitment. And Polyev has talked about that so many times, of course, we don't know what will happen. No one can predict the future, but it would now be extraordinary if he did not privatize the English language television service.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Tom Korsky, managing editor of Blacklock's Reporter, is my guest this morning. So there's been a lot of talk, including a fair bit of debate, at the Commons Ethics Committee following the Prime Minister's $84,000 expense paid Christmas holiday in Jamaica. Now we're hearing about the friend clause, the exemption that comes with that, What is your take, Tom, on what's becoming the most talked about Christmas vacation since Chevy Chase took one?
1: It it was extraordinary that this Prime Minister keeps having these problems with these Christmas holidays. How does he... What happened? Well, the statute says, Conflict of Interest Act says, you cannot accept an undisclosed gift from anybody worth more than $200, so that's car mats or hockey tickets, unless it's a relative, everyone gets that part, or a friend. But they don't define friendship. And there have been private bills. The last one was in the Senate. And it, it sought to either delete the friendship exemption or define it. That lapsed in the Senate. My goodness, that was eight years ago. They've never attempted since. You know what we used to do in the 19th century? They always say the cure for every in democracy, Evan, is more democracy. Just pile it on. Just keep piling it on. If you had an ethics breach, you have to resign, face your electors in a by-election. Why not? If you are a member of cabinet, an ordinary member of parliament, let alone a prime minister, you get cited for a breach of a Conflict of Interest Act or the Companion Code for MPs. That's happened to this prime minister more than once. Mm-hmm. Resign. Face your electors in a by election, let the people
0: rule. So I am curious, it felt to me, I was following this a little bit online, the ethics commissioner, when when he was being asked some questions about this, it seemed like he was a bit defensive. Do you think it was literally because he is limited in what he can what he can share? Is it his frustration in how limited he is in what he can share? Or or does he just not like being questioned? I think
1: Von Finkenstein's been around the block. He's a former federal judge, used to be chair of the CRTC, and he's been, he can be extremely candid and has been a frequent critic of government policy, in particular internet regulation in the past. I think his frustration is when he says, look, it's your act. What do you want from me, right? Uh, The prime minister's office called, I gave them some advice. There's no breach of the ethics code here. If you want a tougher act, so pass a tougher act. Don't, you know, what are you asking me for? Right. Well, there's something to that. And if MPs want to do that, they can. But as everyone knows, the maximum penalty for breaching an ethics violation now is a $500 fine. Well, that's double parking. I mean, it's a joke. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a good point. All right, let's shift to a different topic. This week, the long-awaited public inquiry into foreign interference in Canadian politics began. Inquiry is looking at interference, particularly from China, possibly Russia, in the 2019 and 2021 federal elections. So my question is, the judge has made a point in saying that she and the commission lawyers are independent. They will act independent. We heard that from David Johnston as well. Do we believe it this time, Tom?
1: Well, I think the key here is the documents. And I know that everyone finds the testimony very compelling. You're on the witness stand. The Minister of Public Safety is going to kick off testimony. He's going to be testifying tomorrow, in fact. But for our, in our experience, the
2: payoff
1: is always the documents. And these inquiries, commission counsel, let alone counsel for interveners, like MPs or political parties, or you name it, they can compel documents. And we saw in the last judicial inquiry, the Freedom Convoy, Evan, the documentation was devastating. It established that Cabinet made up a narrative Mm -hmm. about the Freedom Convoy, that the police said, no, this is not a national emergency, that the Minister of Justice fantasized in texts about bringing out the tanks. How devastating were those documents? Well, let's count the people whose careers have abruptly ended Exactly because of the Freedom Convoy documentation. All that was in the evidentiary record, RCMP Commissioner, De- Attorney General, Deputy Attorney General, Minister of Public Safety, the Clerk of the Privy Council. Many a high official in Ottawa has gone off to pasture because of what we found out. And I think that will happen again.
0: So is there an ability, talking with Tom Korsky, Managing Editor of Black Locks Reporter, is there an ability for Conservatives and NDP to ask questions. They were frustrated they weren't granted standing in this because, of course, their members were ones that they are saying were directly impacted by this interference. Is there an ability for them to have their questions answered?
1: I think there's a room full of lawyers, and I think those questions will be answered. I know there was frustration on who got full standing and who didn't. We know, for instance, MP Chong, the Ontario Conservative MP, who has been famously targeted over and over by Chinese agents, he has standing. He has counsel down there. I got to tell you, there's a room full of lawyers, and there's some very smart characters in there, including people who are nonpartisan Center for Free Expression from Toronto. Their lawyer on the opening day, where it was just niceties, said, "We're not going to let people in the dark here. We have to get this out, and we are going to be. We're going for transparency. They're going for those uh, records, Evan, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to get them." I don't think there's going to be any secrets here, to the dismay of many an official in Ottawa.
0: Well, and that's the, the, I think that's the key, is this classified information, these top-secret national security documents. You know, everybody wants to see them, but then we see a list of people who, when they do see them, say, oh yeah, we can't release this. I've seen it, take my word for it, uh, but we can't release them. Do you think that will be something that we will see? I know
1: that that's a worry now. But really, the commission, there's so much that has been leaked already to media. We know the Canadian Security Intelligence Service laid it on the line. We know the prime minister said, my office was never told. We know that wasn't true. We know the Canadian Security Intelligence Service told anyone who would listen, National Security Advisor, Department of Public Safety, the Department of National Defense, look out, they said. Mm -hmm. Look out. There's Chinese agents out there. They may be committing election fraud, felonies. And the question was, why didn't someone act? And when you ask that question so far, this is the frustration of Parliamentary Committees not really under oath. Well, the alibis were just sad. (laughs) National Security Advisor said, well, I was on holidays. The Minister of Public Safety said, that went to some other guy's office. How was I supposed to know? It was sad. That's the one question. What did they do when they were warned by their police? There's something going on here. We think it's against the law. That's a big deal. And I think we're going to find out.
0: Tom Korsky, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. Just a couple other quick topics before we let you go, Tom. I appreciate you giving us some time this morning. So there's been a lot of stories lately about people getting fired. Or in the news for the wrong reason with regard to Serb payments. Revenue Canada has let 185 people go. MP spouses had to repay Serb. So how should we look at this? Is this, is this a rushed, ill-conceived, poorly regulated system? Or is it a system that's run so well it catches and holds everyone accountable, even government employees and politicians?
1: Well, they have caught people who uh, really claim benefits they weren't entitled to. These are the famous $2,000-a-month pandemic relief payments intended for jobless tax uh, filers who were facing eviction or foreclosure. It was supposed to be for people who were really hard up against it. But there's a problem. It was a terribly designed program, and I mean really awful. Cabinet, they made the binary choice. Everyone gets that, lights on, lights off. I go zero or I go 60 miles an hour. There was nothing in between for cabinet and that was a political direction. And so when they handed this program to the Canada Revenue Agency to operate, the Canada Revenue Agency did no verification of claims. And what happened? The budget was 24 billion and they stopped at 83 billion. The cost went through the roof. We found through access to information, my favorite stat on the serve. Over 600 million paid to high school kids. There was like 30,000 kids in grade seven who got syrup <laughs> checks. They were little scammers. Who were standing around the parking lot at the high school, telling each other how you could get a $2,000 check if you had a social insurance number. So now, guess what? Taxpayers get to pay twice. You get to pay for the over budgeting and the overspending, the lack of verification and poor management, and now you get to pay hundreds of millions of dollars. We're chasing ineligible claimants. Ain't life grand.
0: Yeah, for sure. Tom, one more quick thing before I let you go. I'm just curious your opinion on this. The federal government has seen court rulings against its decisions that they've made over the last couple of years, for sure. Pipelines, for one, the plastics ban, now recently the Emergency Act. Is there a point where someone steps in and gives some understanding on the Constitution and political overreach?
1: It's supposed to be mandated already. Obviously, it isn't working. The Department of Justice is the biggest law firm in Canada. They have 600 full-time lawyers sitting there, so it's not as if you can't get advice. The implication is that Cabinet does what it wants to do and says hell with it. I'm sorry, excuse my language. That's the obvious implication, certainly on the Freedom Convoy. And that's why they lost that crucial ruling by that judge, who was an establishment lawyer and a former Department of Justice counsel who presumably knew this town and and saw what was going on. When you have an attorney general who was former dean of law at McGill University and his deputy, who decided to drop the hammer on the Freedom Convoy according to testimony from the deputy, Based on what he saw on television, well, wow, what, I guess what, what is the moral of the story? Do you need better rules, Evan, or do you need better people? That, that's, I, I think that's rhetorical.
0: Chicken and the egg. Before I let you go, I didn't prompt you about this question, but just before this segment and this chat with you, we were asking people to call in and let us know about a teacher in their life who had an impact in their life, a significant impact. I feel like we all had that teacher. Did you have one, Tom?
1: Well, in an ironic way, his, his, he, it was Mr. Baracic in shop class. And I remember he told us one day, try to marry someone who's smarter than you. are." <laughs> so,
0: so I guess I did. Well, good stuff, Tom. <laughs> you know what? We all have a story to tell. Thanks for sharing yours. Tom Thank Korsky. You, Tom. Have a great day. Tom Korsky, the uh, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. Always appreciative to have Tom stop by, share his insight. They do such a good job. If you... Uh, have able to check out the, their work online blacklock's reporter uh, is is the website and uh, tom and his team do a very good job of providing you know some unedited education on what's happening in ottawa we're going to continue this discussion federal politics and basically the biggest issues in canada when we come back you're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Just had a good conversation with Tom Korsky, the managing editor of Blacklock's reporter, weighing in on all things Canadian politics. Everything from the uh, CBC CEO getting that $100,000 bonus, blood money as we were talking about, to whether or not we're going to see resolution on the prime minister's Christmas vacation. We talked about the foreign interference Inquiry that is just starting up, and of course, CERB, the Emergency Act, there's so many things. So what I'd like to do is, uh, for the next half an hour till lunchtime, let's open up the phone lines, and let's give you a chance to weigh in at one There is a lot going on from a federal perspective, and I'm curious to know what you see as the biggest issue. In Canadian politics, and by the way, I know we're going to get texts saying Trudeau. But expand. W- what what do you see as the biggest issue? Is it is it just generally the cost of living? Is are we in a cost of living crisis that is out of control? Is it the carbon tax? We know that the carbon tax is definitely going to be one of the platform issues. We're hearing it loud from the conservatives. We are hearing the Liberals double down on it. So maybe it's that. Maybe it's groceries. Maybe it's the federal government's involvement and commitment when it comes to healthcare, housing, climate change, electric vehicles. Take your pick. I mean, there's a a variety of topics. So we are going to open up the phone lines for you. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we have news, quick break. When we come back, we are going to... We're going to hear from you, 1-877-332-8255. You can text in, you can call in, and uh, we'll hear from you what you think is the biggest issue right now in Canadian politics and facing Canadians and how it's affecting us. We talked about this morning, uh, we had the guest on, we were talking about Bill C-234, talking with John Barlow, the MP, the Conservative MP who is the critic for the Minister of Agriculture, Agri-Food, and Food Security, and and about how that was destined to help Canadian farmers, especially when it comes to barn heating, grain drying, and a carve-out for the carbon tax. But it got gutted at the Senate and thrown back. So maybe that's the issue that you want to talk about. There's a lot of them. What do you currently see as the biggest issue in Canadian politics? 1-877-332-8255. one 877 332 The phone and text lines are open. We're going to take a quick break. Your thoughts when we come back on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Well, good morning and thanks so much for joining us this morning. We're talking federal politics now. We just had our good friend Tom Korsky, who joined us from Blacklock's Reporter. And we talked about a whole bunch of different issues that seem to be bubbling. Some of them seem like... Like such immature little issues that it's shocking that we're talking about our federal government when we're talking about some of these things, but they all affect us, right? They all have an impact in our lives. And that's what we're throwing out to you this morning is the phone line is open for you. If you want to text in, you want to call in one 332 8255 What do you currently see as the biggest issue in Canadian politics? And there's a lot of them. We're in the middle of a cost of living crisis. We've got carbon tax upon carbon tax and then GST on top of carbon tax. And so we talk about that, which leads into climate discussions and electric vehicles. What about groceries, healthcare, housing, foreign interference, which is going on right now? It could be a variety of different things. This is your opportunity to let us know what you think is the biggest issue. The phone lines are open for you. The text lines are open. And lots of people are, are texting in already. Appreciate this. one 332 Let's start with Al and Regina. Thanks so much for calling in, Al. What do you think you know, is the biggest issue in Canadian politics?
3: Uh, hello, am I, am I on right now? You
0: are, Al. What do you think is the issue we're facing?
3: Okay. Uh, I'm 79 years old. We came from Austria in 1951. I look at the... The situation right now in Canada, Evan, do we, can we really call this a so-called, uh, democracy? I look at the justice system with all the stuff that's going on in Canada and, uh, all the issues. Yep. Bob Korski is the best thing that ever happened to the country as far as, as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know what? I've been here all this time, this eight, nine years or whatever it's been now. Here, here's what I'm thinking. Where's the justice? Where's the democracy? And there's not one liberal going to go to jail after this thing is all over with the next election. There's not going to be one liberal going to jail for what they've done to this country in eight years. And, call, you know, we're the laughing stock of this world. And you know what? It's all on the liberals and the whole organization of those
0: criminals. So, so what I'm taking from Al is two things. Number one, he loves Tom Korski. And number two... He doesn't like the Liberals. And and by the way, he, Al's not the only one. Lots of texts coming in basically saying the biggest issue in Canadian politics right now is the Liberal Party or Justin Trudeau. And I mean, I knew that we would get that, but I'm specifically looking for what are some things, maybe it's an indicator. Maybe it's that one thing that indicates just the essence of the problem that we're having right now. Because, boy, it seems like they are they are stacking up. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Let's go to Les in Corning. Thanks for calling in, Les. What do you think? Biggest issue in Canadian politics right now?
2: Well, uh, I'm looking at uh, the next election, Evan. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, the way Jagmeet and Trudeau are going together and rigging up uh post first past the post electing election. Uh, trying to get that through before the next election, I find that, I think, a whole lot greater chance of interference uh, from foreign entities. And I feel it should be a referendum to the people, whether we want that change or not.
0: You're talking about the changes they're talking to make about the, the Elections Act itself, correct? Right. Yeah. So they're they're yeah. talking about expanding... A uh, three-day voting period during general elections, allowing voters to cast their ballots at any polling place in their riding, and improving mail-in ballot process. Those are just a, just a few of the things less that they're talking about. But your point is, if we were open to foreign interference before, this isn't going to make it better.
2: No, a way greater chance because if anybody can walk into a, a out of their constituent and vote, it, what's saying? Uh, that they can't walk into another one two days later and vote again, and then again, and then again. It, it, it'll just be a rampant, and nobody will be able to trace it.
0: Well, there, there's there's definitely going to have to be some rigor built into the system, but we know, you know, I mean, we've we've watched this two-party confidence and supply agreement that is playing out in Canada. And uh, there's been a couple of reports. I saw one on CTV here not that long ago talking about kind of the work. The way it was worded was the two parties quietly in talks at a table on electoral reform legislation before the next federal election. So, Lass's point, is that is that the issue? Is that the one that's got you worked up? 1-877-332-8255. The biggest issue by far, this is Tory from Shelbrook. The biggest issue by far is the government's stifling free speech with bills like c 36 or laws jailing parents that misgender their children without our right to free speech. Our other rights are gone for sure. This should be everyone's hill to die on, says Tory one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five Jason in Priestville. One that wasn't listed, by the way, that list, Jason, it was just literally off the top of my head. There, It's, it's bigger than the, I had a list of about 10 things. I know it's much bigger than that. I'm throwing those out just to try and stimulate conversation. But Jason says, one that wasn't listed is the one that I'm most concerned about, and it's our national debt and deficit budgets. It's a great point. Liberals just keep on spending recklessly. Polyev is the only one who seems to care. The NDP want expensive dental and pharmaceutical plans. They don't care how far in debt we are. There's very few people who really understand how serious this is and how close we are to bankruptcy. If that happens, all of us will suffer. Maybe we should, Jason says, maybe we should have some economists on the show to explain this in better detail. I think that's a great idea and tell us the truth of the situation. So Jason in Priestville, thanks so much for texting in. And this is what we're looking for, one 332 8255 Lots of calls coming in. Let's go to Pat in Regina. Thanks for calling in. Pat, what are your thoughts when we're talking about the biggest issue we see right now with Canadian politics?
2: Politicians, period. Every single one of them. I don't think that we've benefited from anything that they offer. None of it.
0: So is it, do you think, is it that they're out of touch, Pat, or what, is it just become a political battle and they're too focused on fighting the enemy as opposed to serving the people?
2: They're career politicians. I mean, that's all they're striving for, is, is full of snakes and ladders, you know? That's it. <laughs> snakes and ladders. What have we ladders. gained, us the people, what have we gained from anything that's been federalized, Honestly. We are better off to cut ties. Be done with it.
0: Interesting. Interesting take. And I love the snakes and ladders reference, Pat. That made me laugh. One eight seven right. Let's go to Ron in Saskatoon. Thanks for calling in, Ron. What do you think? We're talking about the biggest issues in Canadian politics. What, do you, what is your thought? I think
2: the biggest issue is going to be in the future is coming up. It's bigger than anything you guys are talking about is the, devaluation of our dollar because we went off the gold standard in 1968 or 70, somewhere in there. Right.
0: And so I the value of our dollar is, is absolutely uh, playing a role in there, in our economy is what you're saying.
2: Yes, that's the biggest issue right now because our dollar is devaluing. That's why everything is going up in value so much. Mm-hmm. It's not really going up. The dollar has gone down yeah. since we went off the gold standard
0: appreciate that take on it One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. a list of things and uh, the text messages are coming in saying you can add this to your list <laughs> like let's just compile the general list is is what we're doing here uh let's go to Lance now Saskatoon Lance thanks for calling in what do you think when we're talking about the biggest issue in Canadian politics or maybe facing us as Canadians what do you think Lance
2: I'd say the uh, state of our national defense at the moment. Right now, uh, we don't even have it. All our ships are being fixed. The NATO uh, leader the other day just said that uh, we got to be prepared for a war. And it seems like, as a liberal, Justin Trudeau has been way too slow to react to that. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to speed that up pretty
0: quick. There's been basically a lack of investment in our national defense. Uh, Recently, we are hearing about warships going over across seas and canada having three officers or or uh <laughs> three representatives on the ship just basically to show our support which clearly is not enough so it's the investment in defense lance that's what your your vote is for absolutely thanks so much for calling in 1-877-332-8255 we are going to take your calls your texts right up to the top of the hour i got time for another one here before we take a quick break Mel in Saskatoon, thanks for calling in. What do you think we're talking about the biggest issues in Canadian politics right now?
2: I just wanted to comment, uh, Evan, about um, the people that, that can vote twice. Yeah. There's no way somebody can vote twice. No way. Because I'm a poll taker. And I'm At the last re-election, number one, you have to show your place of residence. Number two, you have to show your card that you get in the mail. And Number three, you have to be registered as a voter. So if if you don 't have any one of those three, you can 't vote sure so there 's no way that somebody can vote twice
0: so the there's the notion case. of i think it was less in Corning that had called in and and he was worried about the the changes to the electoral act, and you know his statement was that he 's worried that this opens things up to foreign interference i I, I would agree with you, Mel, I think that. Maybe is a bit of a red herring, the notion of voting twice. Are you worried about changes to the Electoral Act when it comes to, you know, mail-in ballots or those types of things? Is there room for, is there wiggle room there for interference?
2: Well, with mail-in ballots, no. There's no way, because if it's mailed in, there's um, no way that somebody can uh, <laughs> screw that up, um, if it's mail and it's okay, but, you know, better in person because you have to show that ID. That's all I'm trying
0: to say. Sure. No, that's good, Mel. I appreciate you coming in. The uh, Clarification and, and your knowledge from the seat that you sit in, I appreciate uh, you giving us that. That's important part of, of kind of navigating our way through this. All right, we will take a quick break. We are going to come back. We will finish this discussion. So if you're calling in, don't stop calling. I see there's still a lineup of people on the phone. We will get to your calls. We'll get to your texts when we come back. The question again, what do you currently see as the biggest issue in Canadian politics? Your thoughts when we return on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Thanks for listening in today. We're talking about the biggest issues in Canadian politics. Phone lines are open at one 332 8255 Jump back to the phone in a second. But a couple of good texts here I want to get out. Mike in Regina says, The greatest issue in Canadian politics is the imbalance of power. Central Canada dictates life for the rest of us. Has long been criticized as a problem for sure. Number two, Mike says, is the Senate. Is appointed. It should be elected. Equal representation for all provinces. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. All right, let's go to Darren in Saskatoon. We're looking for as you see it, Darren, the biggest issue in Canadian politics. What do you think?
4: Well, I wish we had one big issue,
1: but I think our biggest problem right now is we have several issues. Right. Uh, this government has fumbled the ball on immigration. Now, the interest rate, our debt, our standard of living transfers to the provinces for health care, management with foreign countries, as far as relationships with other countries, there is so much that has gone wrong Mm -hmm. with this government that I don't think you can pick out one issue as being more important than the other because they're all tied together.
0: Such a good point. You know, if you're if you have one fire burning in front of you, you can see it. You can address it and you can put it out. If you are surrounded by burning fires, are you going to run? <laughs> is that was is that the option that we have left. I think that's a good point, Darren. And by the way, Darren added to our list. He picked about four more one, uh, topics that we hadn't been talking about yet, uh, adding to the list. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Okay, Yogi in Moose Jaw. Have you got a thought on the biggest problem in Canadian politics? My
4: my thought is the. Gotcha politics that everybody's trying to play.
0: The gotcha politics. So basically, looking to one up one another. Is that what you're talking about?
4: Yes. You know, like they you know, whatever it is, whether they're trying to get uh, people uh, uh, with the uh, pharma care, dental care. You know, uh, another one with uh, the uh, protest down in Ottawa. You know they're on on the the federal government for bringing in the, the act. Mm-hmm. You know instead of you know, people talk down there. They couldn't do anything. It's like uh, I'll just give you a, a sidetrack. When the people were putting up the teepees in Regina, there, Evan, mm-hmm. you did the right thing by talking to the people, not going in there and ripping things apart.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: The other thing, uh, uh, the the carbon tax. You know everybody's on. You know. Saying that the carbon tax, Mr. Polyev is gonna right. gonna uh you know, cancel it and yep. you know, it's gonna bring everything down while well, the the companies are making record profits and you know, so they're on him about that, but Mr. Polyev still haven't said, you know, what about the checks that they're sending out? Still hasn't answered it. Just a simple question, but everybody's trying to get each other Sit down and talk and get to work instead of trying to play all these games.
0: Sounds like common sense. Which which, by the way, is the platform of the conservatives. We hear we hear them say common sense policy. Yogi, yogi brings up some pretty good common sense when we're looking at this. Ross in Viscount says our healthcare system is a mess. The NDP are bragging about a dental care program that will be a huge dollar amount. Our debt interest payments are more than all provincial health care transfers combined to the provinces. That fifty billion bucks would be a pretty big help to the healthcare system. Wow, there's so many good texts here. So many people weighing in on uh, on some, you know, essentially what these issues look like. Greg and Regina, the most important issue for Canadians is the carbon tax on essential services such as home heating and farmers' operations, their equipment. It's time to get rid of the dictatorship, says Greg in Regina. I appreciate everyone weighing in on this uh, really good conversations. And of course, appreciate Tom Korsky, who always starts off the discussion and can characterize things in such a great way. Love having him on as a guest as well. You're listening to the Evan Brace show on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.